Hey church, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series, Questions Jesus Asked with Pastor Omar Lopez. This message is called, Why Look at the Speck? Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount and then check out our website at prayshopparamount.com. Enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. We appreciate your giving and appreciate the liberality that's in this house this morning. Uh, how many sense the presence of God here today? And why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. And I believe that today. We're so glad you're here. We welcome everyone online as well, a number of people. And uh, we're continuing uh, this uh, series on uh, questions uh, of Jesus or questions that Jesus asked. And actually, we have one more week, Pastor Isaac, one more week. Next week will be the last one. And uh, I'm hoping that it, it, how many have been been challenged by these questions that Jesus asked? And uh, the reality is that Jesus asked more questions than he gave answers. And we know that the answers were in the question. And of course, Jesus is the answer, right? But there are a variety of questions that Jesus asked, and the reason why is because he wanted to engage people in conversation. He wanted people to reflect about their own selves when he asked the question. He was wanting them to see uh, some of the things that were wrong with their own life, and, and sometimes it's hard to see that unless someone asks you a question. And Jesus asked the question, he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things that I say? That's a pretty tough question. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't even do the thing that I asked you to do? And so there are a variety of questions that Jesus asked. One of them was in Matthew 16, 26. He said, for what should a prophet of man that gain the whole world, and yet he loses his own soul? What shall a man give exchange for his soul? But I want to read a verse of scripture today and be very specific about what I want to minister today, and all of us deal with this. This is probably one of the most quoted scriptures, most misunderstood, misused, abused uh, scriptures in the Bible. And I'm going to read it to you today. And there's a question here that Jesus asked, and I'll give you the context of it all here this morning. Uh, but uh, I want to read Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 5. Let's begin to read that. It says, Do not judge. Oh, you know where I'm going already. Or you too will be judged. For in the way, same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you or back to you. And why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye? Another translation, translation says, why do you see the sawdust in your brother's eye? But, not, but do not consider the plank or the log or the telephone pole that is in your own eye. Or how will you say to your brother, Let's, let me pull the speck out of your eye when a log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. Did Jesus say that? Yes, he said it. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So let's pray today. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for truth today. We thank you, God, that your word helps us. Uh, Lord, ministers to us, challenges us transforms us, makes us new people. And so I pray today, let the word of God just unfold in the hearts of people. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit today as I minister your word. God, you'd bring clarity and understanding. Help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. Your word applies in 2021. 
And so I pray today for every person today that the people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. One of the questions that Jesus asked there in all the context of what he was talking about, he says, why do you look or why do you see or why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not consider the plank in your own eye? And I want to look at the context in which Jesus talked about this. We're going to have fun this morning. Is that all right? Because this is one of these scriptures today that people ask when Jesus was talking about the speck in someone's eye, he was talking about judging others. He was talking about passing judgment on others. And probably, again, this is one of the most misquoted scriptures in all the Bible. And you often hear people say, you know, do not judge me, except they say it with an attitude. They don't say it like me. Do not judge me. Don't judge me. God's going to judge you. You ever heard some people do that? Come on. People do it with an attitude. Uh, even even people that are not Christian, they don't even know where it is in the Bible, but they'll say, do not, the Bible says, do not judge. Where did it say that? I don't know, but it says, do not judge. Don't judge me. You're judging me? Don't be judging me. And they do it with an attitude. Uh, and, and again, they don't even know the context in which Jesus was saying, uh, because when people say that, they're telling us, well, in other words, don't tell me how to live my life. Don't tell me what's wrong. Uh, as long as I'm happy, I'm not hurting anybody, I'm not hurting anybody else, uh, uh, you have no right to judge me. And I would argue this. This is probably one of the most pervasive uh, uh, things that people do in our culture today is that, or pervasive values in our culture today, if people are, we're just supposed to tolerate everything. We're not supposed to tell you anything that uh, uh, wrong with your behavior. And basically, uh, nobody has the right to say anything to you, even if it's right or wrong. It doesn't matter uh, because people aren't supposed to pass any kind of judgment on your life. Now, let me, uh, let me just bring clarity to, to you today. I understand that uh, a lot of us, maybe you have been judged wrongly. Nobody wants to be judged wrongly or misjudged, especially for something you did not do. And they are having a limited perspective. Uh, they don't see the whole picture. And nobody wants to be judged wrongly. It really could be a very spiritual, uh, 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 I would say, a spiritual weapon of mass destruction. When you judge people wrongly, it kills joy. It kills peace. It kills families. Uh, and when you do this wrongly, you are basically attaching people to their path. It becomes an umbilical cord to their past wound and their past hurt uh, and attaches people to their old self. How many know the Bible says, if anyone being Christ, he is a new creation. Uh, old things have passed away and behold, all things become new. But when we are judging people from their past uh, and we're connecting them to the past, we're not giving them an opportunity to become a new creation in Jesus Christ. Have you ever heard someone talk about you and judge you when they don't really know you? Have you ever, ever overheard somebody saying some things about you? Yeah, well, you don't want to be around that guy. Uh, you don't want to be around that girl. And you're saying, man, they don't even know me. They don't even know anything about me. And this is the thing that most non-Christians accuse Christians of is judging. Christians are so judgmental. There's a bunch of hypocrites at that church. 
Well, welcome. There's room for one more. Amen. There's a bunch of people right there that are just hypocrites. So did Jesus mean exactly what he was saying when he said, do not judge or you too will be judged? I mean, when you read it on the surface, when you read it just the way I just said it, it would just seem to be that Jesus is saying, don't pass any kind of judgment. It doesn't, don't make any kind of discernment about anything. So in other words, this morning, a teacher would have no right to judge your paper or your exam. You say, well, you have no right to give me a B or C. Uh, I want an A. Uh, And you say, well, you know, you're judging my paper. Who are you to judge my paper? Who are you, Mr. Police Officer? I felt like driving on the wrong side of the road today. I drive better on the wrong side of the road. Who are you to judge me and to give me a ticket? Who are you, Mr. Mr. Judge, there at the court or the jury to pass judgment on me for something that I did wrong? No one has the right to tell me anything. I can do whatever I want to do. I want you to know you're, you're in fantasy land. If we're not supposed to pass any kind of judgment or discernment over your life, if that's what Jesus is saying, then you make judgments every day. You make judgments every day of your life. Have you ever driven somewhere and you're in a bad neighborhood and you start checking out the scene? Should I park my car here or not? You just made a judgment. You got an elevator with some suspicious characters, the shady characters. You're saying, I don't know if I should step in this elevator or not. Maybe I'll wait for the next one. You've made a judgment. So what is Jesus exactly talking about here? You know, if someone has a bad haircut, can you not say anything? I mean, it's like, don't look at them now if they're here. But what I'm saying to you. It, our culture, again, is saying we're not to make any discernment, any kind of judgment. Uh, uh, you know, we, we have an, we're in society today where, you know, I can have sex with whoever I want, when I want. Nobody can tell me what to do. Well, what about, what about an adult having sex with a 12-year-old? Is that okay? Can we not make a judgment on that? Can we not say something about that? So when we look in scripture, is Jesus really saying, uh, as we read it here, that we're not to judge in any way, shape, or form? Now, I want to give you a little bit of context, and I want to move as quick as possible, but I want to just show you a couple of things here to give you an idea of what Jesus was saying and what he meant by what he said. There's three ways, listen to me, to interpret scripture. Because sometimes when we interpret scripture, we are taking things out of context. In other words, when you interpret scripture, you can write these things down today. You got to be really, you got to know who wrote it, when they wrote it, why they wrote it, and who they were writing it to. So in other words, this morning, it's very easy if we don't uh, take the time and what was happening at that time when Jesus said it uh, in the context and what he said it uh, to and who he said it to, uh, you can then misunderstand. You can pull a verse out of out of context. There's a scripture in, in the book of Matthew where Jesus said, Matthew chapter five, if your hand offends you, cut it off. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. If Jesus literally meant to cut off your hand and pluck out your eye, there'd be a lot of maim and blind people in this house today. Some of you wouldn't have any hands, period. You'd be completely blind. 
Right? Because how many times have we have allowed our eyes and our hands to cause an offense? So Jesus was not literally talking about that. He wasn't literally saying, cut it off, do all of these things. The second way to interpret Scripture is allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. In other words, the best way to interpret the Bible is with the Bible. Is there other verses that back up that verse? What is the totality of the verse that's being stated here, the preponderance evidence of everything that's being said, is it being backed up with other scripture? You can just use one scripture and try to build a whole theology of that. No, no, what, is there other scripture behind it? Is there other scripture that backs up what is being said? And then the third thing is the Bible is not only meant to be a text, or, or to be a text to be studied, is to be a, a, a letter to be lived. We're supposed to live it. So how do we live this out when God's word is being put out there? How are we supposed to apply it to our lives? Because if you read, you don't have to read it now, but in this same chapter, Matthew chapter 7, he said, beware of false prophets. Well, how are you going to be beware? You have to make a judgment. Is this person a false prophet or not? You're making a judgment. In that same chapter. So we have to take the entire context of what Jesus is clearly saying here and what this chapter is about. Because Jesus is really talking about not passing judgment, but being judgmental in a hypocritical way. He said, be very, very careful when you pass judgment that you're not being the hypocrite yourself. That you're not doing the same thing you're accusing the other person of doing. Judging, write this down. Judging is not telling the truth or truth telling. Let me just say that because sometimes we can, uh, you can misuse the English here. But I'll say it this way. Judging is not truth telling. In other words, this morning, because, you, because you're judging someone and you're telling the truth, if the, or when you tell the truth doesn't mean you're judging someone. So there's some people today that confuse truth-telling with judging. So in other words, let me give you an example. If, if You probably wouldn't say, stop judging me if I said, hey, your shoes are untied, and, and you're going to trip and fall, and you're going to hurt yourself. Stop judging me. Stop judging me. I said, well, your, your, your shoes are untied. Man, you're going to trip and fall if you don't tie your shoes. Stop, don't be judging me. But you probably would say, stop judging me if I say some areas in your life are loose and you need to tighten them up or you're going to wreck your life and ruin your life. So I'm saying, hey, there's some loose things in your life right now. Stop judging me. Don't do that. The Bible says, speak the truth in love, Ephesians 4.15. So when I'm operating in God's love, that kind of love is not silent. That kind of love cannot be quiet. That kind of love won't uh, uh, let you see someone hurt themselves, won't let you see someone about to mess up their life without saying something. The Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are nothing but lies. Sometimes your friend have to tell you the truth and they'll hurt you, but it's going to help you. Rather than having someone tell you a lie, they're deceiving, they're, they're blowing kisses at you, telling you what you want to hear, but they're lying to you. They're leading you in the wrong path. Sometimes we need someone to tell us the truth. Again, judging is not truth telling. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 5, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. So in other words, sometimes we need to hear the truth. We need to tell somebody the truth. So judgment is not truth telling because real love is not silent. Are you with me today? Listen to me. Write this down. Judgment is not identifying or or, uh, judgment is not basically passing judgment on someone without pointing something out. In other words, uh, somebody, all of us have some blind spots in our lives. All of us have some inconsistencies in our life. I have some inconsistencies in my life. I need someone to help me. You have some inconsistencies in your life. You need someone to help you. It's a blind spot. What is the blind spot? You say, Pastor, I don't see what you're talking about. It's a blind spot. That's why. You can't see it. That's what a blind spot is. You don't see it. But we all do. Amen. We see it. We're pointing it out to you. We're trying to help you because it's a blind spot. Let me just say that it is a gift from God to have other people, a different set of eyes, to be able to point out to you some things in your life that will help you. Are you with me? And people who don't receive that kind of insight, people that don't receive that kind of blessing, you're never going to change. You're never going to improve. You need someone to help you along in your life. Sometimes we're rejecting the very people that God is sending to help us. We're rejecting the very people that the gift of God, that people will love you enough to be honest enough to point some things out in your life that at the blind spot they are going to hurt you. Thank God for that. Thank God somebody cares about me. Write this down. Judgment is not communicating consequences. Well, you can't tell me the consequences. No, I can. I can tell you the consequences. I can tell you what's going to happen if you do this. So you need to get off that road. You're headed toward a ditch, man. The road needs fixing. Uh, The road, uh, you know what? The bridge is not working. Don't cross that bridge. Are you with me? Someone that consistently comes to your house, and after they come to your house, you have stuff missing. Are you with me? You're making a judgment call now. You, you have to be a steward of your house. And they keep coming over your house. And every time they leave, things end up missing. You ever had that happen? After a while, when they say, hey, you want to meet up? I'll come to your house. I say, no, you know, let's, let's meet at Starbucks. We'll, we'll, we'll meet at Starbucks better. Because, you know, why? Because you need to be a steward. You need to be responsible for what you have. You're not, you're not condemning that person. Are you with me? Yeah. But you are making a judgment like, man, my goodness, if I keep having them over my house, stuff is going to end up missing. Are you with me? So I'm going to make a judgment call and be responsible for my household, be responsible for my family and what's going on in my life because I can't become a prisoner to someone else's dysfunction if they're not willing to change. I'm praying for that person. I'm making a discerning uh, 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 judgment. Are you with me? So it's not wrong to be able to come with consequences. Let's be honest. How many times have you found somebody that's been around you a while and all of a sudden they have this self-discovery or they have this aha moment and they tell you, man, you know what? I, I just realized, man, I don't listen very well. And you're saying, my goodness, you barely... Everybody in the room knows that. And they go, you know, I, I just realized I'm a little stubborn, ain't I? And you go, oh, really? Wow. I didn't, you know, yeah. And you go, yeah. Whoa. My goodness, you finally found that out? 
We've been trying to point that out to you. We've been trying to tell you you're so stubborn. Uh, finally, God has opened up your eyes. Thank God for that. Amen. But what happens is if, if I'm, not, I'm not judging, if I'm communicating some consequences, that's what judging is not. Amen. I'm, I'm not throwing rocks at you, uh, but oftentimes we use that uh, when someone's trying to tell us and warn us, we, we use that as the, as the way to escape accountability, to build a fence. So whenever someone attempting to help us, and point some things out with, oh, you're judging me. No, we're trying to help you. We're trying to point some things out to you today. We're trying to tell you what the, you, you know, especially with marriage. Can I just go there? You're the ones that made a vow. You made an agreement. And we're just holding you to your agreement. We're holding you to your vows. Your pastor's confronting you about the vows you made to your wife. That you made to your husband. You made the vow. You made the, you stood right up here and said to your husband and to your wife. Forever and ever to death do his part. I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> but they, they, don't, they don't want accountability. Stop judging me. So I'm going to tell you what judge, ju- being judgmental is. Are you ready for this? Write down this definition. I found this definition. I thought it was great. It said it means to be overly critical and condemnatory. In a way that renders a final verdict. And it renders a final verdict about a person's entire life based on a limited view of it. I'm going to say it again. It means to be overly critical and condemnatory in a way, condemnatory, I believe, in a way that renders a final verdict about a person's entire life based on a limited view. So let me just tell you this. Judgment is not fruit assessment. The Bible says, Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. You're judging the fruit of that person. You're not judging the entire tree, but you're, ju- you're judging that person's action. Are you with me? I'm not condemning you to hell, but I'm saying what you're doing is wrong. I'm not saying to that tree, you know what, that tree, you're going to, man, that tree, you're going to die. You're going to rot. It's going to fall apart. You're going to go to hell. I'm not, I'm not condemning. I'm not making a final verdict on you. But I am going to tell you, if you keep producing that same fruit, it's going to destroy your life. I'm making a fruit assessment. Okay? Jesus said you will know them by their fruit. I'm not making a final verdict about your life. I'm making a fruit assessment about you. And then I have to make a judgment how I'm going to interact with you because what you do can affect me. Have you ever had a relative or you know someone? Uh, let's just give you an example. If you had a friend or a relative that came to you, you know that they're an alcoholic, but they came to you, you know, it's a Saturday night. You know they've been drinking. They go, you know what? Can I borrow your car keys? And I'm going to take your kids out for ice cream. You ain't taking my kids out for ice cream. And you're not borrowing my car. Am I right? I'm making a fruit assessment. I'm not condemning the alcoholic to hell. I'm not saying your, your life is horrible. You're going to die horrible. I'm saying you're not going to borrow my car. And you're not going to drive my kids in the car. Especially with that suspended license. All of that. So all of those things. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm not condemning you. Are you with me? But I am making a fruit assessment, right? 
I'm assessing what's going on because I need to see how I'm going to interact with this person. So the difference is assessing the fruit and determining my, re- my interaction with that fruit or with that tree. But I'm not going to condemn the tree. I know there's some roots there, and I know God can change the root, but it's going to take the hand of God to do that. Somebody say amen. amen. So, I, so when I make an assessment of something today, I'm not watering down what they're doing. I'm not condoning what a person is doing. I'm not endorsing what a person is doing. But sometimes, if we're not careful, we don't have the full view of what's going on in a person, and we can misjudge a person. You don't know the whole story. Okay? Sometimes your view is a little uh, 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 distracted or a little uh, uh, it's blocked somehow. You don't know the whole story about what's going on in their life. So don't, don't make a final verdict about a person if you don't know everything about the person. Am I right? I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you an example. There's a, there's a book in the Bible called Job. Now, guys, don't get scared. It doesn't mean job. It means Job. It's just Job. Say, man, I, I got a cousin I can give that book to. Amen. I, no, it, it's a Job. It's the book of Job. And in the book of Job, the Bible says that Job is a man that fears God. And, of course, you know the whole story. He ends up sick, and he's in a, in a bad condition. And finally, his wife is taking care of him and doing all everything she could to take care of him. And she says some words that are unhealthy. She says some words that are unbiblical to her husband. She said, why don't you curse God and die? Now, when you say that, you say, that wicked, evil woman, man, get him a new wife. That girl, they laid her with her. Micah, you, you got to divorce that woman. She told you that. Curse God and die. Now, when you read that, you look at it and you say, my goodness, uh, what she said was bad. What she said was wrong. We know that. But we don't know the whole picture. How many of you have ever had to take care of somebody and feed somebody and take them to the restroom and back to, back to bed and cut their food and feed them and clean up after them? The Bible says she was taking care of her husband. Could it be that because she was so full of stress, could it be because she was so full of work and having to take care of her husband that she spoke some words she shouldn't have said? Don't judge the whole tree if you don't know the whole story. Don't judge the whole person if you don't know the whole story. Sometimes the brokenness in that person and what's going on in that person. So don't, don't make a final judgment on that person. Yeah, you could judge the fruit. You could say, hey, they said this. You understand that. But don't, don't judge the whole person if you don't know the whole story. I mean, sometimes it's really humorous to me, kind of, kind of unsettling at the same time. When I, when I finally talk with someone or someone finally he gets a chance to talk with me and we're, we're talking there, maybe we're at the table or someplace, and they, they start talking to me, and, and then the, the, at the end they go, you know what, you're really all, you're really all right, man. You're, you're pretty cool. And I'm thinking, what do you mean? You, what, what else did you think I was? Were you judging me based upon... Me preaching on the platform, you don't even know me. So you already have made a judgment about me, but after we start talking, you say, hey, you're pretty cool. You know, you're all right. So what were you thinking? I wasn't all right? We hadn't even talked yet. How, how, do, you, how do you know me if you haven't even talked to me yet? Some people don't even know your name. 
and they're already making judgment about you. I've had people call me Oscar. I go, my name's not Oscar. My name's Omar. Where would you get Oscar from? They can't even pronounce your name. You know, my, my, my last name's Lopez, not Perez. I just got a voicemail today. Pastor Omar and Letty Perez. Perez, my last name is Lopez. You got that wrong. So we're making judgment about people. We don't even know them. And then, and then we say, oh, you, you know, you're all right because you had a limited view. You were judging me. Yeah, again, you've been around people and they just say, oh, they're stuck up. How do you know that? You haven't even talked to them. Oh, they, you know, they think they're all that. Have you even sat down and talked with that person? Do you even know anything about them? How do you make that judgment? Well, there he is, you know. And so, again, judging can become abusive and opposite the word of God. Are you with me today? Because we're misjudging people. See, we can't take the gospel to the people and send the message of God's love and tell them how valuable they are in Jesus when you treat people like nothing. When you say they're nobody. How do you know that? Jesus came to help people. He came to help the broken. He came to fix the broken. How many know we were broken? Maybe you forgot who you were. God got a hold of you. He touched your life. And so, again, we're not downplaying. We're not watering down sin. We know that sin is destructive. We know that sin will destroy your life personally. Sin will destroy your family. It will destroy a community. It will destroy a nation. We understand that, but we also know that the, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And so we got to believe God. You know, sometimes we have to stop venting at people. We need to start helping some people. The church is always venting. When, when are you going to start helping people? You know, they're venting all over social media, venting about all these things. Why don't you start helping people? Making blanket statements about this person and that person. You know, I, I realize when people start making blanket statements about people, I, I say, you'd never help those people. That's why. You're making blanket statements about these kind of people and those kind of people and they do this. Have you ever even tried to help those people? Have you ever sat down with those kind of people? And so when I look in Scripture, Jesus again is giving us a picture here of hypocrisy. In other words, hypocritically, when we have the beam in our own eye. And and, and so there's three things Jesus is doing here. And I'm going to kind of close here in the next few minutes. But there's three things that Jesus is dealing with when it comes to judging and the speck in somebody's eye. Three things. Number one is hypocrisy. He's trying to get us to realize, don't, don't be hypocritical. Don't have a limited view of people wanting help. And the second thing is having some integrity. What do I mean by that? Having integrity enough to realize, you know what? I'm just as bad as that person. Man, I, that could be me or that was me. And having enough integrity to say, I, I had a beam in my eye too. Okay? Now, Having enough integrity and honest enough to say, where am I at right now? Am I, de- am I accusing somebody of something that I'm doing myself? Are you with me? 
I, I read a story about a guy who was, uh, uh, he was a roommate with some friend who was uh, in pornography, and he came to his pastor. He was mad. I, I can't have this guy. I can't have him as my roommate. Uh, he's in the pornography. He does this. Uh, I got to get him out of my house. And he was mad and raging. And the pastor said, okay, let me try to help out here. And then he found out the next day that very guy that was accusing the guy of pornography, he was in a, an adulterous relationship with some married woman down the street. What's worse, pornography or you uh, committing adultery with this married woman down the street? You were so condemned. Well, you forgot about the log in your own eye. Some, sometimes those that condemn the case the most are probably the ones that are dealing with the same thing, if not worse. Oh, I'm preaching now. That's a whole, that's a whole other thing today. We're supposed to be the salt of the world. Right? If you put salt on something, it dominates it, right? I, I don't like macaroni and cheese, okay? Just don't ever give me macaroni and cheese. I'm going to tell you that. That's a whole other story, amen. I've had people say, but I make the best macaroni and cheese. I don't want to judge you, sister, but I don't eat macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese shouldn't go together, but that's a whole other story. I was traumatized when I was young by macaroni and cheese. I was. I was. I'll tell you the truth. I was. I, I went to a friend's house. His mom was making macaroni and cheese. He goes, do you want some? I said, yeah. She said, you got to eat the whole thing. She gave me a whole plateful. Now, you got to understand, I, I, she was Italian, and I, I, I was raised in a Mexican home where we eat beans and rice and Jesus Christ and everything else. So I started eating macaroni. I said, this thing is the most gross thing in my whole life. It, it wasn't yellow cheese. It was white cheese. What do you call that? I don't know what it was, white cheese on it. And I started eating this thing, and I was so sick, but the lady said, you have to eat it all. And I, was, I, I said, I am never going to have macaroni and cheese again. And every time I taste it, I go, oh, no. So anyway, I'm making a judgment call. So whenever you put macaroni and cheese on salt, it doesn't taste like macaroni and cheese. It will taste like salt. Anytime salt gets on the something, it dominates the whole thing. We're supposed to have the flavor of God in this world. We're supposed to be over this world, man, bringing flavor to it. Now, here's what the scripture says. Why do you look at your brother's eye or see the speck in your brother's eye, but pay no attention to the plank that is in your own eye? And then he says, first, what did he say? Take the plank out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to see the speck in your brother's eye. So let's not forget what the rest of the scripture is saying. That if you get the plank out of your eye, that if Jesus takes the plank out of your eye, that if Jesus has set you free and taken that out of your own eye, then you can help somebody that's dealing with the same thing you were dealing with. And so now it's your opportunity. You have enough integrity to know that Jesus set you free, that he took things out of your life, and now you're living right, and now you're going to have mercy and grace for your brother to help them whatever they're dealing with. So when we're talking about judging, it's really dealing with uh, being able to understand that you're not going to hypocritically judge your brother and condemn them. Then you're going to have enough integrity to say, hey, listen, I'm not doing the same thing you're doing, but I understand what you're going through, and I'm going to have mercy and grace to help you through it. Can you say amen? That's what Jesus is dealing with. He's wanting us to help the broken. Why? Because we were broken. 
That's why when people walk into these doors, we're not judging people. We know, we know what they're, we can see the fruit if they smell a certain way. We know what's happening. If they're either a certain color, we know what's going on. Uh, you know, if certain things about them, we, we understand that. But we have grace. We don't say, oh, get out of here. Oh, my God, did you see who just walked in the door? Oh, no, he can't, he can't be here. Love them, and thank God they walked in. Let's pray that God get a hold of them. Sometimes the worst they are, that, oh, God, here's another miracle walking in the doors right now. God's about to get, get a hold of them. And then the meaner they look, man, the more God's going to touch them and change their life. I smile. The more mean they look, the more bad and grouchy. I go, oh, God, change their life. Put a smile on that man's life. Let him experience the joy of God. That guy's so miserable. He looked like a sour prune with battery acid, but God set him free. Put a smile on that guy. Set him free. God, you can touch him. We see another miracle right here in Paramount because God is the God of grace and God is the God of mercy. So when we see the speck in our brother's eye, it ought to give us compassion to want to help them and to want to encourage them to get back on the right track. In fact, the book of Galatians gives us a great illustration. It tells us in Galatians chapter 6. Let me, let me turn there real quick because I, I believe this morning, I think if you could put it on the screen there, Galatians chapter 6. I'm trying to find it. Here it goes. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone in your group does something wrong, in other words, you're seeing something wrong, you're making a judgment, you're assessing the fruit. Another, another translation says, if they're in sin... So in other words, they've done something wrong. They've committed a transgression. They're in sin. It says, you who are spiritual, now you got the plank out of your own eye now. You're not dealing with that thing. You who are spiritual, what? Uh, it says, well, what's the next thing it says? You are spiritual, what? This says, uh, yeah, you, okay. I'm sorry. You who are spiritual should go to that person and gently help make what? What did it say? Help make him right again. But be careful because you might be tempted to sin too. Amen. So the Bible's saying you're supposed to gently, graciously, right? Be careful that you don't fall into the same sin. Be careful that you don't do it. But amen, when you are spiritual enough that the plank is out of your own eye, you'll see clearly what's going on so you can help restore that person back in relationship with God. That's what we're talking about today. We're not talking about you're not able to pass a judgment on, on an action or on the fruit of a person. But we're not trying to condemn people here. We're not trying to thin people and say they're no good. That, uh, that nothing's going to good, good going to come out of their life. Their life is the waste. Uh, forget that person. What we're saying uh, as long as they're in the house of God, as long as uh, they're still alive, we believe they're the God in heaven that can restore, that can heal the hearts and lives of people. And so we have mercy. Mercy is removing the speck or the log out of your own eye and helps you see the speck in somebody else's eye and bring restoration to their life. Just like Jesus did for you. Oh, God, help us to be a house of mercy, not a house of judgment. Bible says mercy triumphs over judgment. Amen. Again, we can judge, but don't be judgmental. Don't judge people by, by their appearance. You know, so many times we look at people and we're already making a judgment call. Are you with me? Uh, sometimes, honestly, can I just be honest? Sometimes I see people 
And, and I could see that on the outside, they're just trying to cover what's going on in the inside. They're broken. And, and they look, I mean, they can look really mean on the outside, and they can have this mean look, and, and, you're, and you've made this judgment. This person's bad. Oh, man, get out. that person's evil. You don't even know. They're really hurting inside, and they use all of that to cover it up, and they're broken. And you got to be able to get some prayer and, and start talking to them. And when you start talking to them, you start saying, man, this person is not even the way they appear. Because Jesus tells us, if you read in that, in that scripture, don't judge people by the appearance. Don't judge people on the outside. God looks on the heart. Am I right? Try to get the heart of that person. We know there's some fruit there. We know there's some things and issues that are going on there. We're not condemning that person, and we're not doing all this. We're trying to say, God, how can I help that person? When the house of God, when the people of God begin to have that position, I'll tell you what, uh, more people will be running to the house of God than running away from the house of God. Can you say amen? Let's pray today that we'll be that house of mercy. Let's pray today that we'll be those people that will reach out to the broken today. Why don't we bow our heads in reverence to God? Holy Spirit, we thank you today that, God, you're a God of mercy, that you are a God of grace, that all of us, God, are sinners, and we fall short of the glory of God. That, Lord, there's not, not even one righteous, your word says. There's no, no one righteous, not even one. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one that's good. That's what your word says. We've all gone astray. But thank God for your mercy, Lord. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So, Father, today I pray in the name of Jesus for the grace of God to reach across this room right now. God, there are lives that are in this house right now that you brought here today. Some that are broken, some that are very broken. Some that even have some hang-ups, God. Some that even have some addiction. Some, Lord, that are so lost in a way that they're just trying to find their way. Some, it's a miracle they're even here today. God, I believe it's not a coincidence that they're here. That, God, you brought them here. Because, God, you're a God that heals. You're a God that restores. Because you've restored our life, God. We're able to share that message with people that are in this room and even those that are online today. So if you're in this place right now, I'm going to pray today that God will reach out to you. Father, I pray right now, reach across this room, touch lives right now. People that don't know you, God, today would open their hearts to you. So if you're in this room right now, you don't know the Lord, you've never given your life to Jesus. Again, there's no one that's righteous, not even one. We need Jesus to forgive us of our sin. We need Jesus to change our life today. We need Christ to come into our lives today. You need the Lord in your life. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. And say, you know what, Lord, I need you in my life today. How many today, you're in this room, you say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. I need the Lord in my life today. If that's you, I want you to quickly, every head bowed, every eye closed, quickly say, you know what, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. Would you just raise your hand real quick? And say, that's me. Would you pray for me? I need, I need the Lord in my life. Just raise your hand real quick, whoever you are. I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm not here today to put you down. 
Friend, I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to tell you today that there's a God in heaven that loves you and wants to forgive you. And all you have to do is be honest with yourself and be honest with God and say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life today. Maybe you came for the first time. Maybe you've been here. Maybe it's your second time. Maybe you just walked in. However you got here, I don't believe it's, it's an accident you're here. I believe God brought you here. Be honest with God. Say, Pastor, today I need the Lord in my life. I need Jesus in my life. Would you raise your hand real quick and just say, that's me. That's me, whoever you are. We're not here to embarrass anyone all over this room. Just raise your hand real quick. We'll see it. We'll pray with you today. We don't want you to leave here the same way. Maybe this morning you were once walking with God. At one time you were serving God, but for whatever reason, you've kind of gone astray. We're here to restore you. We're here to let God restore you today. You need to come back home to the Lord. Rededicate your life to Jesus. If you say, that's me, Pastor. I've been away from God. I need to come back to the Lord today. I need to rededicate my life. Who are you? Would you just raise your hand all over this room right now? Here, God bless you few people over here on my left. God bless you. Anybody else this morning, you say, that's me. I need to rededicate my life. I need Christ in my life today. Whoever you are right now, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand right now. You raise your hand. Look up at me over here on my left. You guys mean that? Amen. Would you come? I, I need some folks to come with them. Come and encourage them. Come on. Give, the, give these folks a big hand. Would you come? Why don't we all stand together? We're, we're, why don't we have some folks pray with them? Amen. Just pray with him, them right here at the altar. You know, I, I believe we just need to be a people of mercy and grace. Sometimes, sometimes our judgment could be condemning, can it be? Sometimes we're, we're doing more than fruit assessment. We're, we're passing a final verdict on people. And we don't really even know them. Maybe some of your relatives, you know, you've already passed a final verdict. And God said, maybe you need to be praying for them a little bit more. Maybe you need to be talking to them. Maybe even people in the house of God. Maybe you've made some judgment calls about people. And honestly, have you ever really talked to them? Maybe you've just seen them walking around. Maybe you've seen them in their ministry. And, and maybe you've made an assumption that they're a certain way because they're so busy. And they didn't, they didn't stop and shake your hand. And so you made a judgment about them. But you've never even talked to them. You never even sat down and you don't even know their story. There's so many people here in this room. I wish I knew your story. And I, I try to get as many people as I can. I try to find out what's your story. Where'd you, where'd you come from? What, what happened? How'd you get here? Because I really don't know you until I really know your story. And all of us have a story. Maybe you've been misjudged. And you, you feel condemned. You feel like, man, people are looking down on you. Can I tell you that the God in heaven, he doesn't look down at you today. He loves you. Can you say amen? So I'm going to open this altar today. And as I open this altar, they're going to lead us in worship. Just come. I'm going to open the altar. If you want to pray for whatever reason, God knows what, what, what your reason is, why you're praying. Maybe people have judged you. Maybe people have made some final verdicts on you. Just come. Maybe there's some people you need to be praying for today. Let's pray right now. Come on. Come, come right now. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.